Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you. Oh, wait a minute. I can't see you. Hopefully you can see me. I'm back. It's good to be here today. God bless you. You know, first thing I want to do is start off with saying um, I got some good news. And the good news is Jesus Christ is still on his throne. God hadn't changed. God's still there. He still loves us. And he's still doing what God does. And so we need to put our faith, hope, and trust in Him. Keep that up first and foremost. Just want to let you know that good news. A couple other things as we kind of get started here. Um, first of all, I'd say this. Uh, somebody texted me a message just a little while ago and simply said, uh, hey, when we get back to church, I might have to fill out a visitor's card, and maybe some of us might have to do that. But good morning nonetheless. You know, I really don't know what the headlines are going to say tomorrow, and neither do you. But I can tell you one thing. What's in this book is not going to change. It's the truth. Cover to cover, book to book, chapter to chapter, verse to verse, word to word. It is the truth. It can change my life if I let it. Oh, Lord, let me let it. It's the truth. And God has promised He would never leave us nor forsake us. And I want you and your family to know that today. Um, you know, online, I mean, the, the kids are out of school, of course. We all know that. And things are happening. And parents are trying to fill in the gaps and do all the things. And online, you see these little funny things that pop up every once in a while. And so the other day, I saw this one was a little, um, looked like a, I don't know, a posty note or something. A little child that wrote, probably six or seven year old, wrote a little note. And I just loved it. And it went something like this. I want to make sure I get it right. It says, um, my mom's getting stressed out. My mom is really getting confused. We all took a break so my mom could figure this stuff out. And I'm telling you. It's not going good. <laughs> oh, people just are funny, aren't they? But you know, just about this time in the morning, um, I, you know, on Sundays I get up extra early, get to church really early, and, and try to get my thoughts together, and, and uh, take, take some time in prayer, of course, look over my notes and things. Sometimes I'll come and sit in the auditorium and sit in your seat where you come on Sunday and pray for you and your families and just pray that God will move among the service that day. And what I love about Sunday mornings is when the church comes alive. And it usually happens around 8 o'clock or so. Lonnie, Lonnie is actually helping me tape this today. And actually, a kind of a funny thing's gone on. Uh, we taped this earlier. Now we're taping it again. So we're hoping this one goes well. But nonetheless, um, in that process, we um, Lonnie comes in and gets everything kind of turned on and the, the sound system and all that. I usually go through, get the lights on, unlock the doors, and take care of that. It doesn't take long until uh, one of the Shirlers pull up and they drop off Jill at the door, and she comes through the door, and, and I say, Hello, good morning, Jill. And she says, Good morning, Harley. And just love to hear her say that. Love to walk down the hallways and look into the little kids' room and Miss Susan there teaching the little kids and bringing in the donuts as she normally does on Sundays. I uh, love to go to Bible class over in the other building and, uh, you know, whether it's Jeff and Mike or Phil and uh, Jim or whoever might be teaching at that time. I miss that time together. And then, you know, I'll come back to this part of the building and then, you know, Miss Sumi will come in with the little kids or grandkids and just they run, give us hugs, and I just love that time. And then about church time, about service time, I should say, we go into the auditorium and usually right there on the back pew, there sits Miss Betty. I love her so much, and 
and I always give her a hug and tell her, good morning, Mom. And she always welcomes me and tells me, she says, you're my favorite preacher. I just love that. Uh, I don't know how many she knows, but nonetheless, I just love that she says that. And, um, and then, you know, we start our service, and Kyle leads us in these great songs. Our praise team does a terrific job, and um, we're just so thankful. And then we get into a message. We, we do all those things together, and I miss that. But I just want to let you know, it won't be long before we'll get back together as a family, as a church family here at Western Hills. And you need to know that I'm praying for you. I'd also like to say and just thank the elders, the shepherds of our congregation. Um, we're in contact just about every single day. and We're praying, and you need to know they're praying for you and your families, praying for this nation and for all the things that are happening. And they want to um, let you know through me, they want to let you know that if there's any need that you have, you need to let us know so we can help you with that if we can. But know that we are praying for you. And, and just one last note on that. You know, there's a lot of things that go on at church, even if you're not here. And one of the things is uh, the, the, we have bills to pay. And you have been really gracious in giving your offering, whether you mail that in or you drop it off at the church office or you go online and you can do that anytime. And I want to thank you personally for keeping that up. It means a lot. And it's very, very, very special. And I just want to thank you. I also want to thank uh, Zach Abney for doing his service last week down at the granaries down there, I guess, or in front of those, um, those bins down there at the Scherter's uh, place. And, uh, he did a terrific job. And Zach, I just want to say thank you so much for doing that. Now for our reading today, we're going to look in the book of Mark, chapter 4. And I want to read that for us this morning as we get started. If you have your Bibles or your electronic instrument there, you want to look it up, that's fine. Starting with verse number 35, it says this, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, this is Jesus speaking, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was with them. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall or a storm came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it nearly was swamped or it sunk. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. What is fascinating about this story, or what fascinates me, I should say, it is not that there was a storm. We've all been in storms. And it's not the crashing waves. We've all seen waves beat against boats or against the dock or wherever we've been. But what fascinates me about this story is that there's someone that is able, someone able to fall asleep in the midst of a storm. That's amazing. How can it be that in the same storm, the same crashing winds, the same crashing winds that come to this, and the same boat-filled, feared people, that one can crawl up and simply fall fast asleep? It's a pretty amazing thing, isn't it? What all of them desired, only one had. And of course, we know his name as Jesus. Now you need to know as we kind of move along in this message, you need to know that I'm not here to sugarcoat anything. 
I understand the storm that we are in the midst of is a tough one. Storms can frighten us, there is no doubt. Now, all storms pretty much have the same thing. They have a beginning, they have a middle, and they have an end. The middle of that storm is the struggle time. It's the most alarming time. And the reason why it's, we struggle with it is because we don't know how long it will last and we don't know how much damage it might do. But in the midst of the storms that we find ourselves throughout our lives and that Jesus tells us that we will go through storms in our lives, He assures us of one thing. And that one thing is that He's right there with us. I will never desert you. In fact, in Hebrews chapter 13, he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And those are comforting things to know in that. So he assures us that he will be with us no matter what. Now, what the disciples wanted was for the things to be calm. And I'm sure that that's what you want for you and your family as well, isn't it? You just would like to have calm again, wouldn't you? But their calm was right in front of them, but all they had to do was apparently wake him up. They had to wake him up. So I want you to listen. In the storms that we are going through right now, none of us like them and none of us know how long they might last. But in the midst of storms, often it brings pain emotionally. It brings stress upon us. It brings loneliness and anxiety and stress levels. They're start pushed sometimes to the limit. And in that process, through that, when they all come together, it can also damage or hurt, if you will, our spiritual walk with God. Because we get freaked out, we say, and we do. But I, what I really want you to know today is that Jesus cares about you. He truly cares. Those aren't just those made-up words. Those are things that God told us that He cares for you. Cast your, your troubles, your hurts, your burdens upon me because I care about you. And He longs to come to your rescue as well. And this is where we get to, and I love this, this aspect of it. Although it's a little, if you will, I want to use the word maybe not correctly, but a little scary, but a little bit maybe. But this is where we get to show our faith to the world around us. This is where the world looks at us and says, do they really believe what they say they believe? And it also is a moment in which we get to grow our faith. You see, faith grows in the midst of storms. And so when storms happen, we have to capitalize on that so our faith might grow in God and what He has for us in this life. You remember what Jesus asked his disciples when they woke him up? Why are you so afraid? Now, he didn't get mad at them. It doesn't say that he just got up and did some terrible things and yelled and screamed at them. But he says, why are you so afraid? Is he perhaps asking you that today? Why are you so afraid? And you might come back with, why do you think I'm afraid? Look at what's happening. Our world is in chaos. It's just a mess. Our kids are out of school. I don't know what about work and I'm not, and I can't do this and I can't do that. In just a second, calm down. Why are you so afraid? Is he asking that today to you? Am I not still your father? Am I not still your master, your king, your rock, your shield? Am I not still Lord of Lords and King of Kings? Am I not your salvation? Well, yeah. 
then why are you so afraid? He might be asking. Is He not your Redeemer? Certainly He is. But in the midst of that, after He asks that question, He then goes on to say, do you still have no faith? In Matthew's account, He simply says, you have little faith. Do you have no faith today? Does it feel like you have no faith? Do you have little faith today? And you're saying, man, I just don't know. Well, welcome to the crowd. You see, faith isn't something you grab a hold of. God gives us faith. But in that midst of faith, He doesn't just say, here's the faith, and it just rockets to the top. No, it doesn't do that. I wish I could say it does, but it doesn't. Faith is growing, and sometimes it just skyrockets, and sometimes it takes a nosedive. It, because we are humans, and we have these emotions, and things that come. We care about people. We care about our children and our grandchildren. We care about each other. We care about ourselves as well. Now, the, the truth was, in all of this, in the midst of this story that's told here in the book of Mark, the disciples could not roll fast enough, hard enough, or long enough to outrun the storm. I mean, see, they were about to sink. And the storm that we find ourselves in, we can't run fast enough, we can't roll fast enough, and we certainly can't run fast enough and long enough to outrun the storm either. So what do we do? Is the question, isn't it? So what do, we, what do we do in the midst of all this? Well, you can do what humans try to do. Is, this is what I try to do when something goes haywire in our family. I try to fix it. Mm -hmm. But usually I find out I don't do a very good job. I find out in this particular storm, it's way above my pay grade. I'm not sure about you. But I'm thankful. I'm thankful that God has given the intelligence to certain people that can put things together and decide things and figure out things and give them the, the mindset to be doctors and nurses and, and scientists and all those things that can help us and maybe reassure us. And I pray for them. They're on what we call the front lines. And I pray for our government and those that are trying to lead us through the midst of this storm. But my prayer really is, is that all of them remember that God is the great physician and, 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 and God is the one that will truly lead us through this for any pandemic that's ever occurred. And God is the one that brought it to an end. Man might take credit by creating something and putting something together to do this, to, to take this to, to be well or take this not to get this, but God gave the mind to be able to help create those things. God is in control. So what can we do we can try to wish it away, and I'm sure that you have, but you wake up the next morning and what happens? You read the headlines and they're like, what happened? So what do we do? Let me give you two things real quick. Two things. I'm not going to give you five or six, and so uh, as, uh, as I would te tease Jim Gibson, Jim, it's, it's only going to be two, not six, okay? So we're going to try to get through these, and hopefully they'll help you today and your family as well. First and foremost, I think, in the midst of your storm, you have to remember. You have to remember who's available to come to your rescue. Yeah. You see, in our storms of life, they can become so hectic, so chaotic, that we forget there's a rescuer. There's one that's promised that he would rescue us. His name hasn't changed. It's Jesus. 
And I can assure you that he's not at the back of the boat wringing his hands and saying, oh my God, what are we going to do? I don't know if we can fix this one or not, God. What about you, Daddy? Do you think we can? No, he doesn't do that. You see, once the waves and the, the lightning and the thunder and all that comes with the storms and it seems bad news after bad news and all of those things, it hits. And we try to do what we humans try to do to fix it or change it or control it and we find out that we can't. We have to remember that we have a power source promised by God Himself that we can go to that will calm us even in the midst of any storm that might come our way. But what we have to do here. So we have to wake him up. We have to wake him up because it's right in front of us. He is the one that is calm. We are the ones that are frantic. He is the one that is calm. We are the ones that run around and we don't know what to do. So we buy more toilet paper. That's the way we are. He wants you to know that he wants to come to your rescue. He wants you to know that he can come into your life in the midst of your storm this storm and he can calm you down just a little bit get you back on track and I believe that's real good news you ever have that person that come into your life and some things were going wrong and you just had to call that best friend or someone that you talked with and you know you just knew if you could talk with them things would be a little bit better Don and I were and have been in St. Louis for a few weeks and we appreciate the time there and our daughter can get a little fuzzy on the edges when it comes to all this stuff. She has children and she's concerned about it, just like you do, I'm sure. And um, so she'd be up there a little bit high on the level of being a little stressed. And uh, She's a daddy's girl and we would sit and talk and maybe have a cup of coffee in the morning and we'd talk about God and we'd talk about that we have to have the faith and how it is that this has happened and these things have happened and God has seen us through. I know, Dad. And pretty soon you would just see that level go down and down and down and down. And maybe not all the way away, but still yet it helps a little bit. We have to remember in the midst of the storms of life that we have one that is calm among us and his name is Jesus. Secondly, in the midst of your storm, don't forget. Don't forget what? Don't forget to worship the Father. Don't forget to worship the Father. Why do I say that? How, how can we worship God in the midst of this storm? I mean, everything else is going on and this is happening, that's happening. I'm listening to this and listening to that and I don't... Listen, worship the Father. You know, in Psalms chapter 22, the scripture says that God inhabits or dwells in the praise of His people. God longs to be in the midst of our praise to Him. So praise Him and praise Him often. When is the last time that you did that? Have you been praising God in the midst of this? No, I just can't say that I have. Maybe you should pause for a few moments to praise God for what you have. If you look around your house and you got food to eat, you should praise God. If you look around your house and you have children that are healthy, you should praise God. If you look outside and see the sky that is blue, praise God. Take a moment and praise God for something today, would you please? In the Old Testament, I asked Donna, I think it's in 2 Samuel, she's really good about the Old Testament stuff, but... David was going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. And in that process, they would go so far, and then they would stop, and they would build an altar, and they would praise God. They'd worship God. They'd go so far, they'd stop, they'd worship God. They'd go so far, and they'd worship God. Why? Why would they continually worship God in that process? 
is because He is worthy of our praise always. No matter what comes in our life, God is worthy of our praise. We are His children and He loves us. But in the midst of these, let me tell you what I think we need to do in the midst of all the things we're going through. It's at the feet of Jesus is where we need to be. Before the storm, during the storm, and the rage of the storm, and even after the storm and the damage that it may have caused. Why do we want to stay at the feet of Jesus? We want to stay at the feet of Jesus because through all of those things you will discover that He is the one that's in control of all things, not some things, and that He's got your back. He's there for you. Now, I inserted something here. I talked to Jim Gibson the other day, and I mentioned this to him. I wrote this down, and I don't want you to misunderstand. What I hear most people say during the times of storms is this. I just wish it could get back to normal. I just wish I could get back to normal. Normal with getting my kids back to school. Normal with getting back to work. Normal when going to Walmart and knowing there's toilet paper. But normal is what we like. But I want to tell you today, God doesn't want to get you to normal. God doesn't want to get you back to normal. God wants you and me to get closer to Him. He wants us closer to Him. The world is chaotic long before this virus ever came along. The world is a sinful place long before this virus ever came along. I don't want to get back to normal in that sense. I want to get closer to God. And through this process, my prayer is, is that this brings the world closer to what God would have us to be as a great nation that we have. Our storms should drive us closer to God, not further away. And when we get closer to Him, you know what you get? You get the very thing that you say that you want. The very thing that the world is crying out for right now, which is the opposite of chaos. It's peace. That's right. He wants to give us peace. Jesus is the one that said in John chapter 14, read it for yourself, but it says, my peace I leave you. I didn't say that. That's not from a minister. That's from Jesus himself. This peace, my peace, I give you, he said. Have you asked God? Have you accepted that peace today? Have you received that and just bathed yourself in his peace today? So you can find peace in the midst of any storm of your life, even in the midst of this one. I believe that with all my heart. There's a story uh, that Max Licato tells, and I hope I can tell it right. Have I still got plenty of time here? Good. All right. So when Max Lucado tells this story, and I hope I get it somewhat right, I think I can fairly well. Anyway, he tells when he was about six years old, he's, his parents or his dad allowed him to watch a scary movie with the rest of the family. It scared the bejeebers out of Max. And he thought for sure there was a monster that lived in the living room. And it scared him. So he goes to bed that night, and everything went well. And, but his mom and dad always told him, if you get thirsty in the middle of the night, just don't wake us up, just go to the kitchen and get a drink and you'll be alright. Well, there was a problem. The problem, you see, was between his bedroom and the kitchen was the living room and the monster was there. So now he's got this dilemma. What am I going to do? He said, I'll tell you what I did. He said, I went down to the hall to my father's bedroom. 
My father, you see, was fast asleep. He said, I just shook my father and said, Daddy, get up. I'm afraid. And he said, my daddy looked at me with his sleepy eyes and simply said, what are you so afraid of? I'm afraid of the monster in the living room. He said, my daddy rolls out of bed and I grab a hold of his shirt and we walk into and he goes right through the living room, right past the monster and he's not even afraid. And I'm thinking, wow. He gets to the kitchen and he gets, he's getting me some water to drink and I'm looking up at this man and I'm thinking to myself, who is this man that can walk right by a monster and not be afraid? And then his daddy took him and tucked him in bed. I would hope that we would remember that as well. When we stand at our doorways of the things that scare the bejeebers out of us as well, the monsters behind the sofa or it could be the storm in which we find ourselves that we could for just a moment remember we have a father that we can wake up oh he might ask us why are you so afraid but he won't be mad he will help us he said he would he will take us along this journey and walk us through this storm I believe that one last thing before I go and in this, I want to just say, this is, there's, a, there's a worse storm than the one that's going on right now. It's the worst storm ever that anyone could ever face in their life. And you may be in the midst of it, and you may not even know it. Someone might be listening to this, and they might be going, really? Yeah, you're in a storm, and that storm is a thing called sin. That's right. And it's the most terrible virus known to man or ever will be known to man. But the good news is there's a vaccine. There's a vaccine. And in that, His name is Jesus and His blood covers you. But in that process, unless you recognize it, and unless you, unless you recognize that you have that deadly virus and are unwilling to take the antidote, you cannot be cured. And Scripture says, now listen closely, Scripture says, there is no other cure except Jesus. It will kill you. But the good news, the good news is Christ is willing and able to remove your sin. Hallelujah! The good news is He wants to come to your rescue today. He wants to pull you out of the worst storm that you will ever face in your life. And He wants to redeem you as well. That's how much He loves you. Now listen closely as I close. The only way you can miss God's rescue in this storm or any other storm, the only way you can miss the rescue of God is that you choose to miss it. My friend, please don't choose to miss God's rescue in this storm or any storm of your life. For God said, For God so loved the world so much that He gave His one and only Son for you, that if you would put your faith, hope, and trust in Him, you would believe in Him, you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life. Think about it, my friend. God wants to come to your rescue. Don't be afraid, just accept His offer, and He will be with you through the storm, no doubt. Let me have a prayer with you as we close. Father God, 
We thank you for your mercy and your grace, for allowing us to be called your children, and that's what we are. Thank you, Daddy, for allowing us to come to you, allowing us to wake you up when we're scared of the monster, scared of the storms. Oh, Father, help us to put more trust and faith in you. And may the joy of knowing you as our Heavenly Father be the medicine for the hearts that fear today. And may the assurance of your presence through the Holy Spirit that lives within us be the rehabilitation to our minds and our spirits as well. And we want to thank you, O oh God. We want to thank you, Lord, for blessing our lives through your Son, Jesus the Christ. May we trust in him, hope in him, believe in him, and always be found in Him. It's in His beautiful name we pray. Amen. May God bless you, my friend. Thanks for tuning in today. And uh, we hope to be back again next week with all the happenings. Stay tuned. God bless.